Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening and welcome all to episode six of NBA Holes. I am Joe Connors, your co-host with Mr. Dave Hendrick. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's a it's a nice evening, nice balmy evening here in Toronto. So, you know, nice and sticky. Get the fans running. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we're going to start out with some Twitter questions tonight. Uh, we have a nice little fan base here, um, and we get some really good ones. So tonight, I'm going to start with Mr. Lopez, Mr. Marco Lopez again. And his question is the opposite of what he asked last week. This is a little bit a little tougher. I think you and I will disagree on some of these. But he asked, wants to know players who have had great numbers but misrepresented how good they were. So basically players who you think are overrated. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, but they have to have good numbers or stat patterns, however you want to say it. Uh, I'll I'll let you go first. Okay, so... I think he wants us to do now and in the past. So I'm going to do, I'm going to start with one Vince Carter. I think Vince Carter is a massively overrated player um, for various reasons. But one of the big ones is because he could leap out of a building. Uh, he was, he was a scorer, but he never won anything in college. He never won anything in the NBA. He was, Sort of a one-dimensional player, like I said, could jump out of a gym. A lot of people remember him for jumping over an actual seven-foot player in the um, Olympic Games, which was pretty amazing. Um, so he's one. Dwight Howard is certainly another. Yes. Total total fraud, in my opinion. Um, just he had one, like he had a few good years with the Magic, but just kind of was exposed by the Magic and every team after that. Being basically what he is, he's a bad teammate. He's has no post moves whatsoever for a guy who's that big, uh, and it's just a total fraud. Um, old guys, I'd put on there. Willis Reed. Ooh. I put Willis Reed on there. I thought he was massively overrated. Um, I, I well, maybe that's because I'm a Nick hater. Possibly, but, it might have possibly. something to do with the fact that you hate the Knicks. <laughs> That's something to you do know, with. You'll put Bill Russell on this list next, aren't you? No, no, no. <laughs> never would put Bill Russell on there. But the, one of the big reasons for Willis Reed is that the whole he walked out in the finals game, people don't realize he didn't even really fucking play in that game. I, I get the emotional thing, but he's overrated for me. Um, another guy, I'll say, Pete Maravich. And you might laugh at that as well. Pete Maravich is before my time. I understand that. He's before your time as well. He was a good player. And I know he's a Hall of Famer. He's got really good stats, but I thought he was overrated. And the last one I'm going to end with, and then I'll let you go, is Steve Nash. Steve Nash. He, he was going to be my first one. He is the he's probably my most overrated player ever. And people are going to say, oh, you're crazy. He's won two league MVPs. Yeah, I got news for people. They shouldn't have went to him. They should have went to LeBron James or Kobe Bryant. Or Shaq. He's one of, or Shaq. He's one of the most. He's a system. He's a Mike D'Antoni creation 
And he would probably be my all-time number one overrated player. So I'll let you go next. Yeah, Steve Nash is my first one. Um, I kind of feel, and I know Shaq has said this himself, that the MVP awards he won were almost sympathy MVPs because everybody loved watching those Suns teams and they didn't win anything. They got beaten in the playoffs. When it comes down to coaching and adjustments and, you know, toughness, they just couldn't get it done. Um, you know, I, I look at Shaq in 04, 05 when Nash won his first ring and Shaq averaged 22.9 points a game, 10.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists and 2.3 blocks. How on earth is anybody going to sit with a straight face and tell me that Steve Nash was the MVP that year? Or was it yes. 05, 06? It was, that was the first year he won it, wasn't it? 04, 05? Yeah, I believe 04, 05 was, yeah. Steve Nash averaged 15.5 points a game and 11.5 assists. For me, that just doesn't, it was, that, that, that just doesn't get it done. That's not MVP. Now, the next year he had a much better year. Um, I don't think I've read, oh, no, you know what? I've read that wrong. Ha! Huh. Uh, Steve no, he was, he was a, he was a big time stat patter because of he that did, Sorry, the, the first year he won it, and that was the first year he won it. it was sorry, fifteen point five points again. The second year, eighteen point eight points per game, ten point five assists. I'm sorry, you're not you're not the MVP. Your numbers were fake because of the system, and as soon as D'Antoni left, those numbers took a dip. Before Dan D'Antoni, those numbers were lower as well. Um, you tell me how Steve Nash has two MVPs and Shaq and Kobe have two MVPs between them. That's yeah, ridiculous. Shaq and Kobe, two, 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 uh, two of the 15 greatest players of all time. Kobe's top 10. I don't understand how, how Steve Nash has the same amount of MVPs as both of them. They have nine rings between them. He has none. Um, Dwight Howard is certainly on this list. Uh, an athletic freak of nature. Um, but I, I think he's a bit soft. I don't yeah, think he, I don't think he has the, uh, mentality to be a truly great player. And he's definitely a stat patter. But, and the thing is, he's deluded about his own ability as well. Cause Dwight wants to get the ball in the post and be a big man. And the only reason he wants to do that is cause Shaq has mocked him mercilessly, mercilessly for years about not being able to play in the post. Um, another one on that, for, Many, many of the same reasons is Blake Griffin. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he's hugely overrated. I, I think he's, look, he's very talented. He's an athletic freak. And when he's on, and he had a year or two when he was really good, but then he just t- keeps taking backward steps. The so, injury, all yeah, that. Yeah, you know, and like a lot of the injuries, you know, they're just silly injuries. Like when he punched that guy in the, you yeah, know, it was just punching a man half your size and breaking your hand, you just a jerk like. Um yeah. you know, so so for me, he he's definitely on the list. Um Zach Levine is one of the most overrated young players in the league right now. Yeah, for big. the same reasons you mentioned for Vince Carter, because he can jump out of a gym. Um, he can't play defense. He's this very selfish player. Apologies to all Bulls fans. He is talented and he, you know, he's going to be a good player, but he's never going to be a great player. See, people see them slam dunk competitions and they just get a little out of control. Yeah. Yeah. That's not real life. You know, that's no. not a real NBA game. No. Um, like Bones Barry won the dunk contest once. Yeah. <laughs> <you know>. Um, <laughs> Who else would we put on this list? You you mentioned Pete Maravich. I I think he's in the Hall of Fame because of his college career. Yeah, I me think, too. I think he had a disappointing pro career compared to what he did in college. He had a couple of really good years, but I think he, a lot of people forget that, though. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. they they think the dribbling and his LSU career, and people are like, oh yeah, he was great in the NBA, but he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was, he was a major disappointment in the NBA, and anyone who says otherwise is is just rewriting history. Um. Now, would you put, would you put Chris Paul on that list? Cause I think he, I think, not to pick on the Clippers, I know Tubbs is a fan of the Clippers and listens to the show. Um, 
but I, I personally would put Chris Paul on there, and I people might say that's blasphemous, but I, I just don't think he's as good as everybody makes him out to be. See, and, and he certainly has the stats to back it up. I think he's the best old-style point guard in the league, but I think the league has moved on, and he's kind of been passed by with these new school point guards like Steph and Russ and mm-hmm. Kyrie and before he got hurt uh, D Rose and John Herbert. Wall. Yeah. Um like for me those guys are just they're they're too physical, they're too talented. Like I I love Chris Paul. I I think if he'd come into the league in the late eighties or early nineties, I think he would have been you know, I think he would have been then the best point guard in the league. And and I think if he came into the league at that point, we'd be talking about him in the same way we talk about John Stockton. But the league has moved on. You've actually, you've mentioned him and you've said you don't want to mention the Clippers. You've actually rubbed it in Tubbs' face that he's gone. Like, so I think you should, I did. Apologize. You should kind of apologize. I, but, um, well, you know what's, I'm going to, I'm going to rub it in his face even more and say that DeAndre Jordan is, is overrated. That's because, where I was going. Because he's a stat patter. I'm going to say Hassan Weissade is a stat patter. And I'm yeah. going to say Andre Drummond is exactly the same. These guys don't have much ability, but they have these ridiculous rebounding and shot blocking numbers and they can roll to the rim and get 10 dunks a game. But ask them to hit anything more than a four yard, you know, four yard hook yeah. shot. And they can't do it. They don't have the talent and, and they can't play in the fourth quarter because he just fouled them all the time. Yeah, um, li- liabilities. They're li- they are the liability. You can't have them on the floor. Uh, you might as well go and get yourself Javel McGee, who can do more or less everything they can do. Not as well and not as consistently, but he'll do seventy-five percent of what they can do. And rather than pay one of them twenty-five million a year, pay Javel McGee five million. And let's just count now Javel McGee uh, compared to them in terms of uh, rings won. Yeah, he has a ring, and none of them have rings. So yeah, uh, you know. As much as and he's he batshit crazy. He's too, an idiot. He's awesome. an absolute idiot. But, uh, you know, if I can get him for five million a year, why the hell am I going to pay one of these other guys 25 million? Yeah, it's a good you know? point. They, they're, they, like Chris Paul, are in the wrong era. Like, you look at the, say the Pistons, the Pistons teams that won the title in 04 mm. with Ben Wallace. Like, those guys are basically just Ben Wallace of the new era. Basically. But, yeah. But they, there's no place for Ben Wallace in the league now. And by the way, Ben Wallace should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he should too. Four-time defensive MV, defensive player of the year. Yeah, there's I'm a great sorry. argument for it. I mean, he and again, I think he should be because of those titles. That mm. should be the ultimate trump card, shouldn't it? Look I how mean, good that team was, and he was the yeah. the anchor to that team. And when he went to Chicago, that team fell apart. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they really did, and they had a good team. Rip Hamilton. They had, a, they had a lot of good players Sheen on that Wallace, team. Wallace, Tayshaun Prince. That was a great team. Yeah. Yeah, Rip Hamilton's right. Uh, we went to high school right down the street from where I live, which is crazy. So Rip was um, one of my favorite players in that era. Yeah. Just, yeah, the best, one of the best mid-range games I've ever seen. The guy who reminds me of him right now in the NBA is Chris Middleton in Milwaukee. Yeah, he does. Just yeah, tough, he does. can play defense, can create a little bit. Great mid-range game. Now, Middleton can shoot out to the three. Rip mm-hmm. was never a great three-point shooter, but that was the era if he played now with his work ethic and, and his dedication to the game. He definitely would have mastered the three-point shot. And, um, you know, I just I think Rip is one of the most underrated players we've ever had in the NBA. Yeah. And actually, he's someone we should have mentioned last week. Yeah, I didn't think about it until now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point because he, he really is. He doesn't get talked about ever. Still doesn't. So and That backcourt of him and Chauncey Phillips shut Kobe Bryant down in the NBA Finals. Massively, yeah, it was a massive upset, and they destroyed that Lakers yeah. team. So, all right, our next question comes from Ricardinho Eleven at Ricard or Rick at Ricardinho Eleven. He's asking, is there a way to stop teams deliberately tanking? Maybe give the bottom fourteen an equal chance of the number one pick. Is this a viable solution? You want me to take that one first? Uh, yeah. So, I would say. Is there the answer to the first part of that? Is there a way to stop teams from tanking? No, to put it pretty simply, because my team is the Sixers. They did it for four years, and it's got them to a spot where they can potentially compete. And there's no way they would have been able to do that by being an eighth seed every year in the playoffs because it's set up. Hmm. Now, the only way they can stop that is if Adam Silver comes in and says, 
no more tanking. But I don't know how you could tell owners that. I'm not sure because well, owners run the league, and I don't know how you could do that's that. That's it. Adam Silver works for the owners. so That's right. He can only so, do so much. His second point, maybe give the bottom 14 an equal chance. That part I actually like. I have no problem with that. So that's essentially saying... No. See, the gold- thing is, then you, you're going to get... Uh, and that can go one of two ways. Either they all try, or they all just go, fuck it, and just tank completely. Yeah. And, you know, we've all got a chance. What's the point? Um, I, I, I don't like that. I think if you get... Maybe if you get the number one pick, you can't get it again for like three years or, you, you know, you can't get any more than a top three pick for three years. Or you can't get any more than a top five pick for three years. So like you can't get another top five pick for three years mm-hmm. if you get the number one pick. Um, now I think, you know, there's got to be obviously some markers put in that. Like if you're a good team or not even like not a good team, but if you're like a, a team that finished ninth in the West and you just fluke your way into the number one pick, um, as we've seen happen in the past, you know, or if you're, you know, like if you're Cleveland and you get the number one pick in a trade like they did with Kyrie, yeah. like that, mm-hmm. a lot of people might know that pick belonged to the Clippers. It did. The Clippers wanted to salary dump Mo Williams and because they're morons, they attached an unprotected first round pick, which became Kyrie Irving. So the Clippers could have gotten Blake and Kyrie, never had to make the Chris Paul trade. And I think Blake and Kyrie would still be there. And I think they'd be a really good, well, not a really good team, but I think they'd be better than yeah, they, they are now because they would have had more money. Which and Chris they... Paul probably doesn't leave either. That's the thing. Well, that's like, the thing. But you could have put more money around. Like, you still would have got DeAndre, so you could have had Blake, yeah. Kyrie, and DeAndre, and you could probably put more money around in the other pieces, get a real bench, get a real small forward. You would have had JJ Redick in, obviously. In, it just, you probably would have been better off, um, with those guys. You might never have got Doc as well, because I think Chris Paul was a big part of why, why Doc went there, and I don't think Doc has done a good job. No, so, he hasn't. And I think he's been removed as GM now, hasn't he? Yep, they took it away, and that's that goes to show you right there. You know, he shouldn't have been doing. It's impossible. It's like the NFL mm. when you try to be head coach and GM. It's too much on your plate. Yeah. One person just can't do it. So no, exactly. now, would you? I'll do just. To, I'll add something to this question, and and it could backfire big time for teams. But would you make? Would you give everybody the same chance? Mm. Would that stop? Would that stop tanking? No, I mean it would. But it wouldn't make the league better. It so wouldn't the make war- the league better. The rich would get richer because, like, if the Warriors because got there's one- 16 playoff teams and 14 non-playoff teams, so the chances are better than 50 percent that a playoff team gets the number one pick. Yeah. So that doesn't help anybody. That just keeps 14 teams crap. Doesn't help anybody. To be honest, there's no real way to fix it. It's fine. Leave it alone. Everybody got all uptight about this because because of, of your team because they just. Like, yeah, that's right. Because Sam Hinkie just bottomed out. He got rid of everybody. He made the team useless. He basically turned them into a D-League team. And I, to be honest, if it had been, I don't know, if he'd done it in Charlotte, nobody would have cared. Nobody would have cared. Small market team. Small market team that nobody cares about, that only have local fans. The Sixers are one of the uh, flagship franchises of the NBA. One of the most historic. You've had incredible players down the years from Wilt to uh, Dr. J to Moses to Barkley to Iverson. You're one of the biggest cities and biggest markets in the country. So that's the only reason anyone cared. Because, look, Minnesota tanked back-to-back years as Mm -hmm. well, and nobody cared. And we we ended up with two number one picks. Yeah, the Lakers did it, and they got away. The Lakers are still doing it. Yeah, and they got I mean, away with it because it was Kobe's final year. Yeah, that, and that was the that was the excuse. That was yeah. the excuse. Oh, we're honoring Kobe. No, you're not, you're not honoring. How are you honoring Kobe when he yeah. goes out on three seasons in a row of twenty odd wins? Go away, yeah. like yeah, it's not it's not an eighty two game farewell tour. No, so and like look, the NBA did try and stop it in Philly because it was the NBA who were behind Sam Hinkie getting removed. Oh yeah, and the Colangelo's. Well, it was they were behind Colang- Jerry Colangelo getting. Hired yeah. as consultant or whatever he is. 
And then and they then gave he, us the number one pick for and it. Then, and then he just, <laughs> yeah, and then he hired his son, and then you got the number one pick. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, you can't. Just not, I, mean, I just don't think you can you can mess with the system. I think the system's fine, and realistically, Golden State were tanking in the mid and late two thousands. They're now oh. they've now won two titles out of three, and they're made up of Steph, Clay, two guys they got in the lottery. They had Harrison Barnes. They got him in the lottery. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Draymond was was an incredible pick in that second round. But I mean, for me, you know, that, that's just how it is. You look at, um, Cleveland and they, they lost LeBron to Miami. So they just tanked every year. And that's how they got Kyrie. They got Wiggins, who they turned into Kevin Love. Um, you know, so they, they did it as well. And, and nobody cared when they did it. Um, everybody just felt sorry for them. Oh, isn't it terrible that LeBron? Oh, isn't it shocking that LeBron left and it's Cleveland and we should all feel bad for them because they live in Cleveland and it's not nice there. It's horrible. It's dull. It's boring. And Those are all true, by the way. They haven't won a title in 50 years. Oh, we'll all feel sorry for them. But when Philly does it, oh, it's a disgrace. Oh, it's look how obvious they're making it. Oh, it's a disgrace. Yep. And that was Hinky's, that was Hinky's downfall, wasn't he? He made it so obvious. He, he just op- rubbed it face. Yeah, he just openly said, I don't, don't want to win games. Yeah, he, he really hired did. Brett Brown and gave the man an ext- a long contract, then gave <laughs> him an extension, and they said, don't worry about the wins and losses, coach, just keep yeah. chugging. Yeah, so, just made him babysit a bunch of people who should yeah. never play in the league, so. So, you know, it, just brilliant, like, and to be fair, Hinky deserves another job in the league. I don't think he'll get another GM job next, but somebody needs to hire him because he's a genius. He is. And he's a great mind in the front. I would love that. I when when Tibbs got the Wolves job, I wanted Tibbs to go and get Hinky and just you know put him in the front office and win him. Yeah, and, I, uh, I tried to explain to Justin Wells. He 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 says he would he, he can't call Hinky a genius. He wouldn't go that far. And I said, it's not just the tanking. You don't understand what he did. It's not just that. Justin's they, they, from New York, he wouldn't know a genius if it walked up and slapped him in the face. Look how all the teams in his city are run. <laughs> yeah, he, he should know your, better. Your, your hope... city's an abomination for sports. Yeah, he's a Jets fan, so that's, you know, they're, you can go 0-16 this year, Justin. <laughs> so, our last Twitter question is from JP at JP23X. And this is a really good question, and it's really fucking hard to answer. But his question is, if the NBA had a fantasy draft, drafting every player in the NBA right now again, Who's your top five? And do I'll we, add, do we I'll do, add some of that. Go ahead. Do we do top five each, or do we do I go first, you go second, I go third, you go fourth? I think you want a top five each. Okay. Uh, but I'll I'll say you you have to take into consideration age. So if you're going to pick LeBron, keep in mind he's what 32 or 31. Mm. So I'll let you go first because I. I have an eye. Well, it's up to you. You want me to go first? Doesn't matter. Uh, I'll go first. That's fine. Okay. Um, so if we just, if it's, now, what I will say is if it's for fantasy purposes, I'm useless because I'll pick a good team and then forget about it in three weeks. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. If we're no, just picking about... a team to go and win a title, you give me Steph. Ooh. Actually, it's hard. Give Very me, hard. I'm taking Steph. I'm taking Jimmy Butler, taking LeBron, taking Kevin Durant, I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, so you actually went with a starting five. Starting five. Okay. So... I can't believe you left out Kawhi. Neither can I. I I was going to pick Kawhi over LeBron. To be honest, I was originally not going to pick LeBron. Then I was like, I can't not pick LeBron. He is the best player in the league. He is. And that's why I picked Jimmy Butler, because at least he can play the two and play off the ball. Kawhi can't play the two. He can only play the three or the four. He can guard the two. Steph? Steph, your point guard? point guard. And the reason Steph is perfect with LeBron is... Because, LeBron, you have the ball. Steph, just go and stand over there. There's going to be nobody yeah. near you in about eight seconds, and you're going to get the ball with an open three-pointer. All right, so my big man, it, it was hard. Pick, I, 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 pick Joel Embiid, we're going to fall out. 
No, no, I, I thought about picking Joel Embiid. Of course I did. But the problem with Joel Embiid is he's played 31 games, and I don't know if he stays healthy. So he wasn't between my – it was between Towns and Anthony Davis. And for me, just because of the style, I like I like Towns better because I like his style better. That's just because and I like his he's style. he's durable. And, durable. Yes, he is. Well, he's a big – like Anthony Davis is a big guy. But Carl Anthony Towns is big and he's thick. Yeah. And that's the kind of athlete I want on my team. So point guard was really difficult for me. I played point guard my whole life um, through college, and it's my favorite position. Steph Curry was was going to be my easy pick, but I just love Russell Westbrook too much. And I would hope to have to have a coach that is good enough to rein him in. And I believe if he plays with the five players that I have on my team, maybe he doesn't have to shoot the ball all the fucking time. So he's my point guard. Like you said, it's it's basically impossible not to put LeBron on your team. So I put LeBron and Kawhi in my team. So positionless basketball, I'm going to have to say, because that doesn't really mix. Mm. So what is that? That's four for me. You I got Russ. them at the four and the five, I suppose. Yeah, I probably... Oh, the, sorry, the three and the four. Three and the four. So, what, do I need a shooting guard now? Yeah. It's got to be the same one. Well, my shooting guard's going to be Kevin Durant, just because Kevin Durant is one of my favorite players. Now, the durability's a, a, a sort of a question, but he's just fucking phenomenal. He's incredible. He's the best scorer we've seen in the league since Jordan. Yeah, I agree. I, he, I think he's even a better scorer than AI, and I, I think AI was just a machine, but... Yeah, AI was five eleven. This guy's six eleven. So this guy shoots over LeBron James like he's not even there. LeBron's one of the greatest defensive players the league has ever seen. What was that? That game three did that to him. Just literally looked him in the eye and shot over him. And LeBron just kind of looked at him and went, "Yeah, no, I'm not even trying for that." Like, yeah, and um, people got on LeBron for not guarding him, and I'm like, "You don't understand. mm, He's almost seven foot tall." Even if he jumps, it doesn't matter. That's it. If 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 Kevin and like Kevin Durant's arms are incredibly long as well. Yeah, like, he, he's got, so even if him and LeBron were the same height, his arms would give him that advantage over LeBron because his arms are insanely long. Yes. Um, so yeah. we've got three of the three of the same five I still starters. Believe you left out Kawhi Leonard. I'm. I'm, I'm I, I I just went for I went for a team. I went I went positions. Point guard, shooting guard, small four, power forward. Your team fits better than mine does, but I just... Yeah, plus my team's not going to want to kill each other. Your team's going to kill each other within three games. Oh, I don't know about that. Because Russell Westbrook and Kevin... Kevin Durant left Golden State because of Russell Westbrook, and anyone who says that wasn't a major factor... It was a major factor. And, like, you can say if you put Russell... They hate each other. They do, but they hate each other for different reasons. They don't hate each other because of their styles. No, no, no. And if you see what LeBron has been able to make Kyrie do, well, Steph is not a selfish player like Kyrie. He's also a much better shooter than Kyrie. And Kyrie's a good shooter, but Steph is the best. Your disrespect of Kyrie bothers me, by the way. No, I think think Kyrie's a fantastic player, but he's not. First of all, he doesn't play defense. Not that he can't, he just doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Steph at least tries. And Steph is a decent system defender. He is. And I mean, to be honest, like, how, how good of a defender can I, that guy that yeah, skinny you know, be? So I understand that, but. And he's, he's a better passer than Kyrie. He's a better shooter than Kyrie. Now he's not as good a dribbler. He's not as no. good at attacking the basket. He's no, like, nobody's as good at finishing at the, at the rim. Nobody. Not for that. No, he's just, he's so good at but it. But if and I saw LeBron James oh, and Jimmy oh, Butler driving and I've got Towns on the block, well, you have to, they're going to have to, fl- the defense is going to have to collapse and flood the lanes. And all of a sudden, LeBron drives, the defense collapses, and he looks up, and out of the corner of his left eye, he sees, oh, Steph Curry yeah. spotting up. And yeah. in the corner, for the corner three, oh, that's Kevin Durant, that guy could shoot. Yeah. So, you know, or the other way, whichever, with Jimmy, if Jimmy Butler drives, he's got those. So, you know, for me, I just, that's all I just went. Positions and fit, and okay. of course, well, there's two coaches you could have. Pop, obviously, he's the obvious choice because yeah. he's the greatest ever, and he can handle egos. He can handle all those guys exactly. But for many of the same reasons, a disciple of Pop, Steve Kerr, who yeah, and I hate, but 
yeah, but he's just done an incredible job. And he, look, he's handled those egos because yes, yeah, all yeah, the egos on either of our team, the only one who comes close to Draymond is Russell Westbrook. <laughs> like Draymond's got to have the biggest ego in the NBA right now, which is he he does. But you and I both know that's what makes a lot of people don't understand this. If he didn't it's have a, it, he wouldn't be as good. That's exactly right. That's what makes great players great. Do people think Michael Jordan's a nice guy? Fuck no, he's not a nice guy. He's he's ruthless mm. at everything, and that's why he's successful. So but Draymond Green walks on the floor every night, and no matter who else is on the floor, like and there's probably ten guys in the NBA better than Draymond, but when yeah. Draymond is on the floor, in Draymond's mind, he is the best player on the floor on any yeah. given night. He doesn't care, and when he goes one on one with LeBron, in his mind, he's better than LeBron. When he goes one-on-one with Kawhi or KD, he's better than them, and that's what makes him the player he is. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I still think my team kicks your team's ass. No, my team destroys yours. In a seven <laughs> in a seven-game series, you win the first game. We win the second game late in a comeback. In the third game, your team are punched each other in the face in the locker room at <laughs> halftime, and then you just forfeit the rest of the series, and we win. <laughs> Kawhi shuts down, kind of shuts down Steph Curry, and it's just that's over. Then because well, well, we have a lot of the same players though. So Jimmy Butler puts Russell Westbrook in his pocket and says, "There you go, little boy. You mind <laughs> yourself, don't... and you mind yourself in there, little boy. Who do you All think? Right. So, who do you think's a bad man now? <laughs> <laughs> so, the next next thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about how the NBA does such a great job of marketing itself and globalizing the game. No, there's no, it's what major league baseball doesn't understand how to do, even though half their population is Latino. Um, it's ridiculous, but the NBA started their, I guess you want to say it globalization in, believe it or not, their first, and I didn't know this, their first international game took place in Israel in 1978. I did not know that. Um, neither did I, I. And they played a bunch, they played that same decade, same years, a lot of games in China and the Philippines. The Philippines is near and dear to me. If people don't know, my wife is Filipino. Um, so I know how big basketball is over there. Uh, but in the mid eighties, it was just they're playing teams in Germany, Russia, Italy. I, I mean, the dream team in Spain was a huge. And what a lot of people don't realize is Yao Ming. 2002 being drafted, there are a lot of people who live in China. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who live in China. So why don't you talk about just the globalization, the expansion, and the NFL is good at it, but I still think the NBA is better. The NFL is good in the areas that they target, but they don't, they're not a global sport. They target certain markets. The NBA doesn't. The NBA targets continents and then, like, the NBA wanted to be big in Europe, so it marked itself through Europe, hit a certain point and moved on to the next one. The NFL finds a market that likes it and just keeps hitting that market and milking that market. And that's, the the NFL is a money machine. So they're, Mm -hmm. they're obviously doing it right. They're doing it very well. But the NBA is globally a much bigger entity than, than the NFL. Um, it's funny you mentioned Yao Ming and like he, he went into the Hall of Fame with Shaq and AI. And, um, he, he was a very good player. He had a good career, but he's not in the, in the Hall of Fame for his career. No, he's not. He's in no, the he's Hall still- of Fame for what he did for the expansion and globalization of the game. And, you know, you mentioned the dream team. The dream team was basically a a test. Let's see if this works. Not just let's see if NBA players work together and if it can be great and we can win gold medals. No, but they did like the people behind the dream team. They didn't really care about winning the gold medal. What they wanted to do was see if the NBA was marketable mm-hmm. because they knew basketball was marketable. And the reason basketball was marketable is the Harlem Globetrotters. Because the Globetrotters went all around the world. That's true. Played everywhere, drew massive crowds. And at some point, David Stern realized what they're doing it. And they're, they're incredibly 
talented players, but not one of those guys could play in the NBA. So they're doing it, and it's part of it is basketball, part of it is the trickery, part of it is the fun factor, obviously. But we bring all of that in the NBA because you've got an incredibly high level product. You've got, you know, the, the dunks and the behind the back passes and all this kind of stuff that, you know, it gets people standing up and, and cheering. And then you've got halftime shows and the NBA does halftime shows very, very well. So he just took the Globetrotter idea and attached it to the NBA. And David Stern, for all that people would criticize him for, is the man responsible for the NBA and basketball in general being the second biggest sport in the world behind it's called soccer this side of the pond, it's football back home. Um but David Stern is is entirely responsible for that and he's also responsible for the players making the money they do and yeah. all these type of things that, that have come as a result of that globalization. And I, I think one of the greatest creations of all time is NBA League Pass. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome for people like yeah, like exactly what you're talking about. People who live in other countries. Well, that's it. When I was at home, Sky never had Sky is our kind of big satellite TV network in Ireland and the UK. Sky yeah. Sky didn't have the NBA. They had they had um NFL. ESPN used to be on they used to have a channel as part of the Sky package. And they used to sh- show some NBA games, but it was largely baseball and a lot of uh, hockey. Huh. Um so That's random. Yeah. So Channel Four used to show NBA games two nights a week. Like they'd be like maybe a night or two old. It was rare you'd get a live game. But they'd be at like two in the morning. So there wasn't great access to basketball. You could you could find streams, obviously. Um if you were on certain websites for mm-hmm. torrenting purposes, you could torrent an old game or two. Um, <laughs> not that I'm advocating the illegal downloading of such uh, oh, tra- of tra- trademark product. We wouldn't recommend that here on any Anfield Index um, platform, but make sure you download this platform. Um, but League Pass just was just a game changer because... <laughs> now I go from watching two games a night. I can watch every single game in the NBA any night I want. Well, and again, you're you're a guy who lives in Ireland, and you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. Who they're I mean, not on TV. That's that's it, and that's <laughs> not exactly on TV. What, and it's what Americans did with, what, like you said, what we call soccer here. Everybody mm-hmm. else calls football for the most part. Not everybody, but you know what I mean. They made it so that so I'm a Liverpool fan. So basically every Liverpool game in is on in America. Every every single one of them. Yeah. But if you're if you're a Leicester City fan or if you're a Stoke fan, well they're not on TV. So what they did is they made it legal to stream them through mm. NBC because NBC and it, the funny thing about it is is it just comes with your cable program, your cable subscription. Yeah. So if I have Comcast or Verizon or whatever 35,000 different options I can have, which is vastly different than England. I get that. And that cut, I get a pass. I can watch games on my tablet. I can watch them on my computer, on my phone, anywhere I want to. So it's kind of cool. And the one thing the NBA does that I love is that they really know how to market their stars. Yeah. They really, they're so good at it. And it's not like the NFL. The NFL is a great product, but it's called the no fun league for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's, the NBA is the exact but, opposite. But those guys also wear helmets. So they're not yeah. as recognized. They're covered, yeah, it's a good you point. Know, the same with hockey and to an extent baseball because they either wear the batting helmets or they're wearing their cap. So they're not as recognizable. The NBA, there's none of that. So like, you go back to the mid to late 80s, or mid to late 90s rather, Jordan was making 50 and 60 million dollars a year off mm. the court. There's no NFL player making close to that now, 20 years later. None of them. Not even Brady, not Rodgers. None of those guys are making a fraction of what Jordan was making 20 years ago. And I know Jordan is Jordan, but, you know, you look at James Harden signing a $200 million um, yeah. footwear deal. The same with Kevin Durant. Uh, Steph's got that big deal with Under Armour. 
you know. And that was on top of his contract he just signed, which yeah, was yeah. absurd. So, like, they're getting, you know, Steph might make, Steph's new contract is whatever it is, like $30 million a year for five years on the court. But his footwear deal is something like $40 million a year. So he's actually making more money for off the court just for one endorsement. Um, and like, like I said, James Harden, Kevin Durant, LeBron, those guys are making similar kind of money. And then they've got all their other endorsements. Nobody's paying, you know, like Ezekiel Elliott, $25 yeah. million dollars a year to wear a certain type of cleat. No, not <laughs> You know, um, the stars are just more recognizable. And a lot of it does factor in that in football, a lot of the guys are massive behemoths of men who don't look like they're in shape, even though they are. Yes. Or in hockey, they wear the pads, so it's very hard to to judge how big a guy actually is. In the NBA, they're wearing a t-shirt, or like a, a, a singlet and a pair of shorts. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like you a tank know, tank. Yeah, exactly. So you know exactly how big this guy is, you know, what kind of shape, you know. You, you, all those things are noticeable, not just to fans, but two companies looking for guys to endorse their products. And if you're looking to sell a new line of, I don't know, smoothies, who are you going to get? Are you going to go and get Vince Wilfork? Or are you <laughs> going to go and get Russell Westbrook? You're going to get Russell Westbrook. Yeah, like you, know? you said, more recognizable. You know, again, it's a league that lets their stars be stars. Mm. They let them be themselves. They don't... You know, they don't, I mean, look at these guys, look at the fashion that they wear to press conferences and to the yeah. games. You know, it's not shit that I wear, but it's cool. You're yeah. expressing yourself, you know, like you're letting these kids be who they want to be. That's it. But and, they do lots of like NBA TV is great as well. And, you know, the is. fact they put a lot of that on YouTube and make it, you know, free to air and stuff like, especially when they do the open court stuff. And like the great thing I love about the N- the NBA is it's, they don't forget about the legends. They always have them involved in some way. Like every mm-hmm. NBA Finals, Bill Russell is there to present the, the MVP of the Finals because the trophy's named after him. You know, they get these guys involved and they have them doing stuff and they just look after the players. And for me, I think that a lot of people do like that side of it as well. Because look, I, not to be morbid, but how many. NFL players have we heard about in the last 10 years who've died homeless, broke yeah. from su- you know, through suicide because of depression, because of the head injuries. And it's a C- much, C- see, yeah. it's a much safer sport as well. And it that, is. that does come into it. It's a, it's a sport that, you know, you're going to get your freak injuries like when, when Paul George broke his leg a few years ago. Yeah, it was awful. You're not getting guys carted off unconscious. Or guys having their legs snapped from a tackle, or guys getting thrown into glass hoardings like you get in the NFL, or the, yeah, know, fighting on the ice. You know what I mean? It, it just it's a sport for a whole family, and what it, ha- it and, and baseball is, has a lot of those same things. But baseball is really, really, yeah, that's it is, and it's boring. It is boring, and and it's a shame because the sport of baseball. Is legitimately, it's a great sport. Mm, true. It, it's it's just that it's presented wrong. Yeah, and then and I don't. They're so rigid with their rules that they're they. I don't think they'll ever change. Um, a guy like Justin or Armando, they would never change anything, and I respect that. Would Would um, they not bring in like a, a pitch clock? Like you've got a pitch. It's within. been talked about. You know what I mean? Like we there's a shot clock in the NBA for a reason. It's been talked about. It's been talked about seven inning games. Um, I don't that, like that because then records get either. get fucked with because then you're like yeah. seven innings. You know you're not going to have as many strikeouts. You're not going to have as many hits, as many home runs. So for yeah, me, I, I, hate- I don't like that. But I'd like to see some sort of pace of play rules brought in. Like you know this thing of a batter taking three timeouts in in one at bat to go out and scratch his arse. Like no, you get one, and if yeah. you do it again. I'm sorry, but it's a strike against you. Yeah, and I was just reading a, a brand new article about the average. I'll see if you can guess this. The average median age of a person who watches baseball 
as opposed to an average person who watches the NBA. I would so say we'll, go ahead. Average, we'll do average for NBA is probably mid thirties, thirty four, thirty five, and for baseball, eighty seven. It's 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 thirty two, and fifty five. Yeah, close enough. And that's that. And that's that. That's just it's baseball's problem is that they can't relate to this generation, mm-hmm. not ours, because Dave and I are the same age, I think, or you're More you're or actually, less, yeah. I think, yeah, and they can't get to that teenager 20 year old bracket which is what you have to nail and they've missed it so and, and on another don't get me wrong i love baseball i so do I, I love I, I love going to games and um, i do as well i love i love watching it but you have to clear your schedule to watch a baseball game because it's, it's going to be at least three hours yeah at it, least it is three hours like. and Bas- games a long basketball game is two and a half hours yeah and they're even cutting down they're, they're, they're looking at options to cut down the last two minutes. Why, yeah. you know, because they're, they're absurdly long, but they're actually being proactive to find out why this is not happening anymore. You're only going to get this many timeouts. That rule is going to change. Yeah. So again, it's proactive instead of reactive. And one thing about the NFL, if I ever somebody on, I get this sometimes on Twitter, the next person who tells me that rugby is more of a physical sport than NFL I'm going to come through Twitter and slap you. Rugby is more of a physical sport than the NFL. I'm going to, I'm going to slap you for it's saying true. that. It's true. I played it for 20 years. I've got the scars and the broken bones to prove it. But the, but the guys are not as big. Doesn't They're not matter. as fast. Oh, They're no, they as are as, no, I'm sorry. They are as fast. I'm sorry. So I, 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 well, you go and have, go and have a look at Tulagi, the English center. Guy's 17 and a half stone and go and, and he, no pads. And he runs at guys who don't wear pads. And there's very, very strict rules for tackling in the, in, in rugby. And let me say, I don't know shit about rugby. So I'm just, I'm coming from just like uh, the hits aren't as big. I will say that the hits are not as big, but because there's no padding and because the rules are there, they, they do hurt just as much. But the physical side of rugby isn't the spectacular open field hits the way it is in, in the NFL. The physical side of rugby is when you play in the pack and you're in rooks so, and moles and scrums like a, and lineups. Like an offensive, defensive line going at it. Pretty much. Like basically imagine, yeah, imagine there was no whistle, right? Yeah. So the offensive line and defensive line were basically just battling each other nonstop and not just in one spot. I'm talking about having a rook on the left side of the field on your own 21 and then the next mole takes place on halfway. So after you've had a rook and you've had to clear someone out, get yourself up, probably been stamped on, you've then got to sprint 20 yards to get yourself in this next mole. Then you've got to sprint another, and these are big ass men. They may not be 350 pounds, but these are guys who are, you know, anywhere from six foot to six foot five, anywhere from 16 stone to 22 stone. These are big ass men who run non-stop for 80 minutes with, with one half time break. It's not like, you know, it's not like Vince Wilford who's 315 pounds goes out and grunts for 15 seconds and then goes and sits his ass down. We do this for 80 minutes. And honestly, like the, the physical pain you'll feel playing football is probably more in terms of that instant pain, like that, that, that impact blunt force trauma type of thing but sure. the, the pain you will feel from a rugby game if you play on a saturday you will still be sore on tuesday or wednesday and i'm not talking about your shoulder sore or your back hurts i'm talking about literally from your Bottom. neck the whole way down to your ankles is going to hurt like a bitch so for people who are listening that's coming from an irishman where rugby is big so somebody yeah. non I, I played at a i played at a pretty high level and I played for a long, long time, and I stopped playing because I got hurt. But like my missus will tell you how much pain I'm in over oh, ten, I, I ten totally years believe, later on a daily basis. I do believe you, but I'm gonna have to have somebody non-biased break this tie. I played football, but I didn't play. I was a wide receiver, so oh, you know, at, at that level, you know, <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm six two and you go, go, you go run up and down there, we throw you the ball. Yeah, it's a little different. I'm not getting hit all the time, but I'm I'm tall and I'm. You know, again, I, I could dunk a basketball still, and I'm 35 years old, and I'm damn proud of that. So, and that's 10 foot, not 8 foot for anybody listening. So the last, 
<laughs> last thing I want to what talk about is six foot dunker balls you put on the side of your wall. <laughs> I'm, I'm just standing there ducking over my my four year old and one year old, lifting so, them up so they they think they're going to block it. <laughs> taking it on camera and then putting it on Twitter. <laughs> the the last thing we want to talk about is we do a legend every time, and I picked Reggie Miller because yes. a lot of people I've actually had people tell me, and I think it's absurd that he's overrated, and I and I. I just laugh it off, but you know, he's the, he's the Nick killer. He's a, one of the greatest shooters ever. Arguably not the best basketball player in his family because his sister's, his sister's probably the best woman's basketball player of all time. But yes, just to let people know that she is phenomenal. Cheryl but, was incredible. Yeah. Reggie Miller was, I think an underrated player. He was the 11th pick out of UCLA, uh, California kid is uh, just like his sister, obviously. Um, Five-time All-Star, never won a championship, but again, he played in the arrow of Michael. A couple of times. It did come damn if close. It wasn't for um, Jordan, he'd have made the finals three or four times. That's three or that's four exactly. more times, I should say. Yep, and he played in that era, but you know, he averaged 18 points a game. He's second all-time in three-pointers. But the thing that I want to focus on, and I, of course, I'm going to let you talk about him, but I think a lot of people don't realize that Reggie Miller was an all-around player. Mm. He played great defense for a guy who's just known for one thing, and that's basically the three-point shooting and his battles with Spike Lee and the Knicks, which, I, you know, were legendary, but it shouldn't be overlooked that the kind of player that he was. just a fantastic player. And let's not forget, Reggie Miller, you're not going to find many more durable players in the history of the NBA than that guy. Yeah. Like, you're looking... Four straight years of 82 games, and then bar lockout years, I think he only had one, one season where he played less than like, I think he, I, I don't think he ever played less than 79 games in a season, bar lockout years. Maybe one season, I can't remember, but I remember looking at his, his, his games played and just been astounded at how, how rarely he got injured. For a guy who had his build, like, what was he, six, seven, but he was like stick thin. Yeah, he looked like the planter's peanut man. Yeah. If you could pick the planter's peanut man, that's what Reggie Miller looks like. But like, I, I said to you a few weeks ago that Clay should go to Boston because he's kind of the new Danny Ainge, but what he actually is is he's the new Reggie Miller. Yeah, I wanted to correct you on that, but I didn't want to be a douchebag, but I, I would, that's the better comparison. Yeah, Danny, but I was just talking from a Celtic point of view of a, of a spot up uh, shooter who wasn't as, Okay. Wasn't as well rounded as the rest of his teammates. And I think Clay's a very, very good player. I just don't think he's as well rounded as the likes of Draymond, KD, no, or, or Steph. But, you know, Reggie Miller, like, if, if it wasn't for Reggie Miller, Kyle Corver and JJ Reddick and these kind of guys wouldn't really have the NBA careers that they have. They wouldn't be as valuable as they are. And, you know, you mentioned that Reggie averaged 18 points a year. Remember that that's because his last four years, his scoring dipped as he took kind of a step back and became more sure. of a leader and allowed other guys like Jermaine O'Neal and Ron Artest and Stephen Jackson was there as well at the same time, wasn't he? Um, allowed yeah. them yeah. to kind of become the leaders of the team in terms of on the court and off the court. He grew them into all-stars. Um that guy carried that franchise in Indiana for the entire time he was there, almost 20 years. And it's very, very hard to carry a franchise in a small market for that long and to keep them at the top because they were one of the best teams in the East for pretty much his entire run there. Yeah, they really were. And Awesome. You know, and like they were tough, they were physical, but that guy, when he got on a roll, could just, he could just flat out score for fun. Um, like Those Knicks players are legendary. Oh yeah, like I mean, and and they're great to even watch back now because oh yeah, they're so tough and the battles that not only that the teams had and that he had with Spike sitting in the stand, but his battles with John Starks and oh yeah, like Reggie's one of the greatest trash talkers ever. Yeah, and he is. He was ruthless as well, like absolutely ruthless. But what I love about Reggie is I think he's he's very very humble. Um, he'll admit that his sister is the best basketball player in the family. And that's, that's gotta be tough for any guy to do. Sure. Um, especially a guy who's in the Hall of Fame of basketball. Um, he, he will, you know, when Ray Allen 
broke his three-point uh, record. He was the first one to give him a hug and congratulate him because he was doing commentary that night. Yep. Um, he He's openly said that Steph is a better shooter than he was. I think he's the best. He's either the best or second best shooting shoot shooting guard of all time in terms of actual shooting three point yeah. shooting it's him or ray mm-hmm. allen i don't think and, clay, i don't think clay is quite in that debate just yet but he will get there yeah steph will too but it's steph funny. will of course i think steph maybe is, is probably already in that debate as the greatest shooter yeah. ever and those two guys you said ray allen and reggie miller are one and two in all time three point field goal percentage so yeah. Can you, for a bonus, I, I never knew this, but do you know who number three is? I, I would have never guessed this player. Oh, all-time three-point field, field goal, goal three, Three-point field goal percentage. Sorry, I just kind of threw this. This is not playing, people. I just, I'm looking at this right now, and I, I, I would have never guessed it. No. His initials are JT. Jason Terry? Is number three, yes. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> a, a six one shooting guard. Yep. At three eighty. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. And it's he's very not imp- someone that had come to mind, even though he was known as a great three point shooter, but Yep, I would have never guessed. You wouldn't think of him, you you think of a lot of guys before you'd come to Jason Terry. Oh yeah. Um But yeah, back but back to Reggie, the other good great thing I love about Reggie is he was a one team player. Mm. He only played for the Indiana Pacers. Never anybody else. And to and me, like, that counts for a lot. It does, because Reggie retired at, I think he was 40 when he retired. He's but pretty old. A couple of years fight. later, Ainge was putting together that Celtics team mm-hmm. that would go on to win a ring. And he called Reggie and said, look, if you want to come off the bench for us, we've got a spot for you. And Reggie said, no, I, I'm, I'm, I retired a pacer. I'm going to stay retired a pacer. And I think that's very admirable because he, he, He's one of those guys, <clears throat> along with Ewing and Malone and Barkley and Dominique Wilkins, that deserve a ring for the career that they had, especially guys like him who carried a franchise by himself um, in a small market. When he, he absolutely could have left, multiple times he could have left. He could have forced yeah. his way out in the trade. He could have left in free agency. But he didn't. He stayed there. He put up with some teammates that maybe weren't as as good as him or weren't good enough to play with someone like him. But no, he um he he just he was happy where he was. He was happy with his legacy and I I love Reggie. I think I think he's hugely underrated. And like you said, a very underrated defensive player. Good one on one, great team defender. Great yeah. team defender, never missed his assignments. And you know what? I'd say he was absolutely a pain in the ass to play against. I'd say oh, he God, was just yeah. horrible because he, that guy would get into that gym and just run and run and run and run and run. And he would go round screens, under screens, over screens, and you would eventually, you'd either run into Rick Smiths or one of them yep. big Davis boys. They were and, huge. And he would run. He would run when he wasn't getting the ball. And that's the sign for me of, of a truly great shooter. Is yeah. a guy who knows the play is not for him, but he'll go out and he'll run like it is for him, and he'll run around those screens, and he'll cause so much distraction that other defenders go to help, and then the guy who who the play is designed for is left wide open. Yeah, and you know he was a great playoff performer. Yeah, you know never guy like he was clutch man, such a clutch playoff performer, which you know that's what it's about. You know anybody can do that. Any great player can do that in the regular season, but it counts when, you know, those 95 series, like I said, with the Knicks was just back and forth, back and forth, and he never shied away from any of that. Never. He averaged 25 points a year in the playoffs that year. Um, yeah. The, the year they made the finals, he averaged 24 points across 22 games. Like that is, And it was Isaiah Thomas who said it. He said, Reggie is one of the greatest clutch players ever. And by clutch, I don't mean the guy you give the ball to at the end of the game. I'm talking about when you're you're down by four and the other team's making a run and you need a basket just to get back in the game, then that's when you go to Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, if you look back at his career and all those wars with with the Knicks, with the, with the Bulls, later with the Pistons, 
that's where he did shine. He would come up with big baskets at big times. I, I think, I think it's a disgrace that it took so long for them to put him in the Hall of Fame. It really was. Yeah, it, it did take way too long. I, I don't necessarily think he was first ballot, but he should have been in the second year. Mm-hmm. I think it took to year four. That's, yeah, I think that's, that's right. That's yeah. just not, not acceptable to me that it took that long for Reggie Miller to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's not like he was a bad guy, you know, like this, he was, He's yeah, one of he the great trash. ambassadors of the game. He's, and here's the other thing, Reggie Miller is one of the very few members of the 50-40-90 club. Yeah, he is. So, yeah. people who don't, don't know, it's 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from free throws. Um, it's astounding. I think only seven players have ever done it. So, um, you know, he, he was just, a, he was a great, great player and he's, he's massively underrated. Massively underrated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. So I guess we'll cut it. We'll stop it there. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Anything you want to, I know you have to have pods coming up. Uh, there's rumors that I do. I've heard. There was meant to be podcast done last weekend. I had a an internet issue, mm. um, so there was no podcast done. Okay, but, but rumors. My sources tell me that I'm recording podcast on <laughs> on Sunday. My um, sources tell me the same. <laughs> but uh, we'll wait and see. I don't don't tip gags too early. Don't 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 let him know. He'll get too excited, or he'll have a meltdown. Yep, one Liverpool, of the two. As Liverpool fans are prone to do. Yes, yeah, we're all but, trying uh, to hold it together now. Yeah. So. But I do, I do hope to have something out next week at some point. Excellent. Um, and for me, just and kind of this, sorry okay. before I go, I'm also bringing back my MMA monthly podcast with Mo Chatra. Uh, our nice. first one will be to discuss the upcoming McGregor Mayweather fight as well as Triple G against Canelo. Yeah, I'm going to be watching one of those two. I'll leave it up to you guys. Guess which one I'll be watching. Um, so for me, nothing else, but like I say all the time, trust the process and we'll be back next week with episode seven. for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place with linkedin you can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.